This is Plant-Based Briefing, The Industry Playbook, How Food Companies Distort Nutrition Science, Part 2, by Madeline Bennett at balanced.org. And I'm Marian Erickson, and this is the Plant-Based Podcast, where I curate, get permission, and narrate a variety of articles written by experts on various plant-based and vegan topics. And today is a two-parter because I usually try to keep each episode to about 10 minutes or less, and this one's a bit longer. So go back to yesterday's and listen to that first, and then jump back here for part two, the second half of the article. And now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. The Industry Playbook, How Food Companies Distort Nutrition Science, part two, by Madeline Bennett at balanced.org. New peer-reviewed investigations into industry funding and bias in nutrition research are beginning to paint a clearer picture of the effects of conscious and unconscious bias. Take this example from the PLOS Medicine article in which researchers looked at funding and bias in studies on sugary beverages. A study was five times more likely to not find a link between sugary drinks and weight gain when there were financial conflicts of interest present. In yet another PLOS Medicine article on funding sources in nutrition studies, researchers found that among over 100 studies, zero industry-funded studies reported unfavorable conclusions. Compare that to 37% of studies with no industry funding reporting conclusions unfavorable to the food industry. Nutrition science journals and professional organizations have also been called out for their uncritical acceptance of food industry involvement in science and policy, In a PLOS One article looking at nutrition journals' practices, authors concluded that in studies with food industry involvement, 55.6% reported findings favorable to relevant food industry interests, compared to 9.7% of articles without food industry involvement. And industry-backed studies aren't rare. Over 13% of studies published in the top 10 nutrition science journals were affiliated with the food industry. The Journal of Nutrition may be the worst offender, with roughly 30% of its published studies in 2018 having been funded by food manufacturers. A Scientific American reporter reached out to the journal's editor-in-chief, who commented that it's not appropriate to discriminate based on funding source, especially since government funding has dropped off in recent decades. If the buck doesn't stop with the peer-reviewed journals, where does it stop? Apparently not with professional associations like the American Society for Nutrition, which publishes the Journal of Nutrition and the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, which are deeply entrenched in corporate money. In the case of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, an investigation found that the organization has invested funds in corporations such as Nestle, PepsiCo, and pharmaceutical companies, has discussed internal policies to fit industry needs, and has had public positions favoring corporations. Despite mounting evidence that corporate money biases study outcomes, far too many academic institutions continue to turn blind eyes to the biasing effects of funding source. It seems many prominent researchers are willing to jeopardize their reputations and those of their institutions in taking corporate money. Reporting on this issue by the Associated Press even dares to name a few names of professors and schools. On the industry side, familiar suspects like Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, and the American Egg Board and the National Confectioners Association play starring roles. In my own experience in academia, I have witnessed certain professors express blasé acceptance, even naive optimism, about their personal relationships with corporate sponsors. I distinctly remember one researcher arguing that the leadership at PepsiCo really does want to help solve childhood obesity, minus the part of the solution that requires the company to lose money. 
In another instance, I heard one of the most prominent figures from my alma mater say there's no use trying to exclude corporations from the conversation on nutrition policy. I find this tragic, but the federal government may be the biggest disappointment of all. As Nestle describes in Unsavory Truth, departments of agriculture actively abet industry-funded research through what's known as checkoff programs. These are USDA programs meant to facilitate the marketing of and research on commodities like meat and dairy with the aim of boosting demand. Examples of checkoffs include the National Pork Board and the Cattlemen's Beef Board. In association with other industry partners, these boards put out feelers for research proposals designed to fish for any health benefits of their products. These efforts have been especially important as of late since the World Health Organization formally recognized red and processed meats as carcinogens. Unsurprisingly, beef industry-sponsored research, enabled in part by the USDA, has found no link between meat intake and cancer. Although this summary captures just a glimpse of the corporate influence in nutrition science and policy, I do not want to cast an entirely negative light on the state of nutrition research. The majority of the science is free from industry bias, and a high standard for rigor and integrity remains the norm. How, then, can we tell the good from the bad in nutrition science? Some distinguishing characteristics of good nutrition science include a very large sample size, example tens of thousands of participants, a focus on dietary patterns rather than single foods or products, and a longer study duration. While good nutrition science doesn't necessarily have to have all of these elements, they make for a useful reference. Always check for disclosures of conflicts of interest. Sometimes this requires verification through an internet search, since oftentimes relevant disclosures aren't listed. And if a study is focused on a single food or nutrient, make sure the study is appropriately randomized, blinded, and has a comparison group that wasn't picked just to make the food or nutrient look better than it really is. All this to say, both skepticism and open-mindedness are needed in balance when evaluating nutrition studies. When in doubt, reach out to a nutrition scientist you trust. You just listened to The Industry Playbook, How Food Companies Distort Nutrition Science, Part 2, by Madeline Bennett at balanced.org. And I'm your host, Marian Erickson, and I've done a number of other episodes about the bias in nutrition studies, and a lot of them by nutritionfacts.org. I'll list some of them in the show notes, but if you want to look for them, they're episodes 92, 118, 246, 265, 302, and 303 are some good ones. And please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.